What a day this is. Amen. I'm looking out at some, some beautiful people. People who love to come, watch online, to hug, to even go as far as praying for people. It just blows me away each and every Sunday. It's in your faces. I'm being honest. It shows in your heart to serve. It shows in your heart to worship. And we get to be a part of it again. Let's pray. Father, we need you today. Amen. I want to be up front with you today and let you know that this sermon which I'm about to give is is not a great message except to me. Sometimes I have to preach to myself and you get to listen. And hopefully we end at the same time. 2023, uh, not only globally, but locally, was a big year for a lot of people. A lot of things were happening or happened in your life. Some of you changed jobs. Uh, some of you retired. Some of you maybe launched a new business. Some of you even moved from a different state that has relatively no humidity, and you moved here. And, and I just have, I, I just have a question for you. Why? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Some of you experienced a loss of a loved one. Some of you got saved this year. Amen. No matter what happened this year, um, hey, today's the last day of the year. And we're in a transition for next year. And it's very common for people to reflect back, and I did this year. Not only in preparation for this message, but just on my life. And again, I'm preaching to myself here. And one of the biggest things that I believe the Lord showed me recently was about my spiritual life and how I need to be more dependent upon the Lord. Why? Because I can be very independent. Can anybody agree? Oh, I so want to be like Mary in the Bible. But many times I wind up being the Martha. You know what I'm saying? Busy making lunch for Jesus. See, I can get things done. I can make dust fly. As we all heard, get her done, I'm, I'm your guy. Just bring me a project. I may have six going on at one time, but bring me another one because I can handle it. But how many of you know being with Jesus is better than working for Jesus? But I think Mary got the best end of the deal. 
I can just picture Mary and Martha after Jesus left their home having a little bit of a conversation. Martha probably went up to her sister Mary with a little bit of a snooty attitude. What did y'all talk about? Oh, I just sat at his feet and listened, and he talked about the kingdom of God and told me some parables, and he even prayed for me. You see, Mary's favorite scripture is up on the screen. It says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now I want to show you what Martha's favorite verse is. That's a great synopsis of these two sisters, amen? But the reality is many of us were taught to be independent, to be self-reliant, because the world says dependence is a sign of weakness. Independence equates to confidence. Maybe you were taught to be independent because it's safer, it's easier. I'd like to give you a snapshot of living in independence. We live on Talent Street, exercise at Hard Work Gym. We work at Don't Need Anybody to Tell Me What to Do, LLC. And we go get coffee at I'm Not Aware of My Independence and the Problems It Causes, coffee shop. Can anybody relate? Well, here's the danger of independence as a Christian. We claim Christianity, but we spend our lives controlling it. In the meantime, we miss out on so many blessings and being with Jesus. But here's a little nugget of wisdom. We all long for a deeper relationship. I I, I would agree. Wouldn't you agree? We all long for that deeper understanding, the deeper relationship with Christ. But sometimes it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. It just doesn't fit until we become dependent on God. Someone asked a young and -and up-and-coming professional, do you depend upon God? He replied, well, it all depends. Some will say, oh, I'm dependent upon God. I mean... I come to service, I read my Bible, I pressure washed an elderly lady's house during serve week, I serve once a month, but it's as far as it goes. And so today I want to help us to get an idea of transitioning from independence to dependence. And I want to look at a miracle in the Bible that's recorded in all four Bibles. It's the miracle of feeding the 5,000. Now, before I do that, I want to share with you a true story that happened to me um, in Laurel, Mississippi. Many of you might watch the show Hometown with Aaron and Ben Napier. They live in Laurel. They renovate homes, and they're on TV, and they have a wonderful, wonderful program, and it's We've been there, and there's a lot of things to do there. And we asked uh, someone in a little mercantile shop, where's a good place to eat? And so, Doug, if you could put up that picture. Well, they have a food truck, and 
On the side of it, it says the 5,000. Now, if you are familiar with Microsoft Word and font sizes, right? You know, I I did my sermon in font size 14. (laughs) The 5,000 is probably in a font of like 14 million. It's huge. It covers the entire side of the food truck. And so we walk up, Michelle and I, mainly me, to get something to eat. And I was so enamored by, it says, the 5,000. And so I asked the owner as I'm ordering, what does that mean? And she says, oh, um, you know the story in the Bible, feeding the 5,000? And then she asked, well, what do you do for a living? Not my finest moment. (laughs) It was so obvious. But not to this guy on that day. I said, I'm a pastor. (laughs) And we laughed. And we're still laughing today. In fact, Pastor Brandon went about a year later. I told him the story, which was a mistake. (laughs) He goes to the very same So he already knew what the 5,000 meant. He explains to the lady at the counter, the owner, hey, my coworker who's a pastor, he came. She goes, I remember him. (laughs) Pastor Brandon is out today, so I have free reign to do whatever I want. (laughs) (sighs) Feeding the 5,000. I want to share with you four quick points, and then we're going to go home. And it's out of the message version. I normally don't preach out of the message version, but today I decided to do it simply because of the ease of the wording to help us get a better understanding. And so how do we transition from independence to dependence? Let me give you four things. Number one, don't overlook what Jesus wants to teach you. And again, we're talking about feeding the 5,000. So let's go in Scripture. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, it says this. After this, Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee. Some call it Tiberias. A huge crowd followed him, attracted by the miracles they had seen him do among the sick. When he got to the other side, he climbed a hill and sat down, surrounded by his disciples. It was nearly time for the Feast of Passover, kept annually by the Jews. Verse 5, it says, When Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, Where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. Don't miss this. He already knew what he was going to do. See, Jesus was going to do the miracle whether those guys helped him or not. He was trying to stretch the faith of not only Philip, but all the disciples. He knew that disciples couldn't do it on their own. So he turns to Philip and says, what are you going to do? Where can we get some bread? Where can we get some food? Now keep in mind, Jesus was in a teaching type of mode, okay? And right here, Jesus wanted to go over Philip's head. 
so far beyond his capacity to handle the project. He was stretching his faith. And that is what I want us to see here today, that sometimes God wants us to get us over our head. We look upon ourselves, oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, and we realize we cannot. I want to let you know, he wasn't trying to trick Philip. He wasn't trying to frustrate him. He was trying to teach him a very valuable lesson and to understand about faith. And he wants us to confront the the fact that a lot of times things are, most of the time they're bigger than us. Wouldn't you agree? And we get so frustrated. Where do you want me to buy bread? It's kind of late. Why are you asking me? So he says, Philip, how are we going to handle this? And look what Philip says in verse 7. Well, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. What does Philip say? He says, I don't know. All I have is this amount of money, and it's not enough. Let me tell you this. It's never complete unless Jesus is in it, unless Jesus touches it. He doesn't want to be part of the picture in your life. He wants to be right in the center of your life. He's not one of the sources. He is the source. And he wants us over our head so that he can teach us how to rely on him. Almost two years ago, we started the project. You're actually sitting in brand new chairs. They're only a year and a half old. Carpet, only a year and a half old. Isn't it nice? Color's nice, it's comfortable. Some of you are saying, well, what's the big deal? Take up the old pews, take up the old carpet, put the new one in, put the new carpet down, bam, boom, boom, you're done. It wasn't like that for Rob. Amen? Two years ago, we started the process A very long and lengthy journey. First of all, we had to choose a chair. A chair. A chair! Well, there's multiple companies in this country that sell church chairs. We wanted a nice chair. So what did I do? I called the three companies that manufacture chairs, And what they did is they sent me a sample of their chair. They also sent me sample uh, color swatches of the fabric. Each one sent me probably at least 15 or 20 swatch colors. I was over my head. So we began the process, which chair we're going to go with, which company. I mean, I I did my due diligence. I looked at the warranty. I looked at how, oh, I even watched a video of one company, how they make their chairs. Boring. But I felt like I had to do due diligence because we weren't spending my money. I had to be faithful to the call and faithful to the elders of the church, as well as Pastor Brandon and Miss Cassie. 
So we get the chairs in. We even had the elders come. They sat in them. They, you know, they liked them. Uh, let, let me see. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> you know, it's like a mattress. You know, you got to test it out. Okay. So we picked a chair. Praise God. We got progress. Again, two years ago. Praise God. We got progress. And then the carpet. I had to uh, enlist about five different flooring contractors. Okay, send me samples, give me an estimate. How are you going to do it? Because we still had to have service. We could not just say, sorry, we don't have, we can't have service for two weeks. How are you going to do it? I was on the phone day and night for weeks with these people trying to figure out what we were going to do, how we were going to do it. We finally chose one company, and of course, they bring 15 color swatches of flooring. Multiple colors, again. Multiple lighting issues. Multiple is in this story, can you tell? And I was getting a little stressed out. We finally picked what you see and what your feet are on. Praise God. Step two, we got the chair. Now we have the carpet. We just need the chairs in-house. So in 2021, summertime, I get a phone call because they were supposed to be here late September. Shipping delays. You've got to be kidding, because I had this project scheduled for 2021. Notice I said I. Okay. You know where this is going. So, shipping delays. Yeah, instead of September, it's going to be uh, about three weeks delay in October. Okay, we can handle that. So I had to work with my flooring guy because, you know, okay, how are we going to do this, you know? Are we going to pull up the old pews and leave the old carpet, bring in the new chairs? We Okay, that's the reasonable thing to do. And then we will methodically take up the old in sections. Okay, we had a plan. We had a plan. Well, I get another phone call about a week later and says there are more delays. Okay, what are more delays? Well, they're coming from overseas. And um, it looks like it's going to be more November. Not a problem. I can adjust. I'm independent. I can handle. Can anybody help me, Jesus? I get another phone call. No, it was an email. Sorry, Mr. Miller, but uh, they're going to be even more delayed, too. It looks like it's going to be December. You're kidding me. Okay. Now, have y'all figured out something? I also got to figure out how we're going to get these pews out. Notice I said I. So I get another email in December. So sorry, there's more delays. They're actually on the ship in the Atlantic Ocean just sitting there. You've got to be kidding Okay, I'm going to rent a boat, I'm going to go tie it up, my little bateau, and I'm going to pull that ship over. I mean, I was thinking everything I could do. In ma- oh, God. 
Are y'all feeling my frustration? Am I stressing you out? Because I'm getting stressed right now, just telling the story. Mr. Miller, it's going to be more like January. Well, then it became February. Great. It was a hard date. Guys showed up. We, you know, we did it, whatever, whatever. And then one day, I'm, I'm literally having a breakdown. I'm venting on God. Because I had to schedule guys and how we're going to do it. And what, what, are you feeling my pain? 800 chairs, 10,000 square feet of carpet, <laughs> scheduling, COVID, delays, and I am venting. You ever vented to God? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, it was a vent session, and I can remember as clear as day just saying, Lord, my project is frustrating me. I can't, I, I don't know why, but what's going on with my project? And it was like the Lord just, it's not your project, it's mine. And at that moment, I just backed away and I said, you're right. It is not my project. It's no longer I. Lord, you show me how we're going to do this. And you know what? Like the song, I saw it, he heard. And he answered, I said, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> On a Sunday after church, unbeknownst to you, some men came and unbolted the pews because you had to do that first. The next morning, on a Monday morning, all 90-something pews came up and out. After lunch, some guy said, well, Pastor Rob, what else? You want us to start moving the new chairs on the old carpet? I said, let's go for it. By Monday afternoon, every chair was in here. It was not my doing. Amen. It was the Lord who helped me through that process. Again, moving from independence to dependence. So I don't want you to miss this. Don't overlook some teaching moments that Jesus wants to show you. Amen. Number two, don't overlook the needs of others. Now, right before the miracle of the 5,000 happened, Jesus received news that his cousin John the Baptist had been killed. So he gets in a boat. He goes off a little bit. Crowds are now starting to say, hey, we want more teaching. He was healing. There was a lot of activity. The people were walking around. Jesus was in full-on ministry mode. And then the disciples pulled off one of the most independent moves known to them. In Matthew 14 and verse 15, it says this, Toward evening the disciples approached him. We're out in the country and it's getting late. Dismiss the people so they can go to the village and get some supper. Keep in mind, Jesus was in teaching mode. They walk up to him and say, hey, it's getting late. Send the people away. Bottom line is they interrupted Jesus while he was teaching. How would you like to be known as the interrupter disciple? It's one of the boldest moves that we see the disciples do to the greatest teacher that ever lived. What a lack of dependence. What did they say? 
dismiss the crowd. Let someone else handle their problem. Let them figure it out on their own. You see, independence says, I don't want to feed them. I don't have the resources to feed them. Independence says, when are my needs going to get met? Because everybody else is always pulling on me. Dependent says, I can't dismiss the crowd because God has called me to do the work of the ministry. He has equipped me for such a time as this. Dependence on God shows me that even while we might be on a path and a journey of inner healing and, 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 and being delivered of things, that I am not their healer. But if I can bring them to Jesus, who is the healer, amen? Don't overlook the needs of people. Back in 2019, uh, when I was going through all my medical stuff, and a lot of you know, uh, they found cancer. So I had multiple surgeries in a short amount of time, literally four or five surgeries within about six months. And, you know, I could have hung out with poor old me, but Michelle and I decided we will not do that. We will not let this situation rule our lives. And so every time we would go into the hospital, we decided this is going to be our mission field. <laughs> the nurses, the doctors, the people who served us meals, even the custodial staff. And so what we decided to do while we had worship music going is just to be delightful and thankful. Have you ever heard of doing that in a hospital? And so if the person who was serving our meal came in, they always had a name tag. Let's say it was Joe. Joe, thank you for serving my meal today. What? They weren't used to getting that. More of, I don't like it. Take it back. We flipped the script and said, you know what? Bless God, I've got food to eat. When the doctors would come in, Doc, how are you doing? He's like, well, how am I doing? How about you? No, I want to know, how are you doing? We even prayed for a couple of them that we're going to do my surgery. And they accepted it. But the powerful thing happened with one of my nurses. By the way, I, I, think, I think there was some dealing going on like at the nurse's station, like when they knew that I was going to be a patient. Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks if I could be Rob's, patient, uh, Rob's nurse, right? But a nurse came in one day. We were a safe place. That was our mission. It was not about us, but it was about everybody who was coming in. And so this young nurse came in, and as we always said, how are you doing today? And she says, not good. Well, tell us about it. Now, keep in mind, I've got all, all this going on. And she says, well, my parents are in a time of separation and divorce, and I'm caught in the middle. And so we went in full-on ministry mode 
and started ministering to her and just asking questions and just empathizing with her situation. All the while, her little pager is going off. And I said, hey, don't you need to get to your other page? No, they can wait. <laughs> After about 10 minutes of just helping her and praying with her and just consoling, don't you know? No, they don't need medication right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be. <laughs> she probably stayed in our room a good 20, 25 minutes. She just needed somebody to listen to her and help her along. Amen. What a time it was. Somebody asked us one day to Michelle and I, would y'all go through everything again? We said, absolutely. Because we recognize that God created us to help other people and to be concerned, not for our needs, but for their needs. Amen. We saw a need. We depended on God and we move forward with it. Number three, don't overlook what you do have. The disciples, remember, their answer to feeding the 5,000 was what? Dismiss the crowd. Let somebody else fool with them. Let somebody else help them. But Jesus says in Mark 14, he said, or Matthew 14, there is no need to dismiss them. He says, how about you feed them supper? Well, John records kind of what happens at the same time. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. How would you feel if you got that news from one of your disciples? <laughs> what we have is not enough, Jesus. Let me give you the progression of this entire story. Philip says, all we have is 200 pieces of silver. It's not enough. It's late at night. Then it transitioned to, it's late. McDonald's is closed. Jesus, why don't you just dismiss the crowd? We don't have not only the money, but the fund. We don't have anything, no resource, no nothing. All we have is five loaves and two fish. What, might feed, what, six people, seven people? I don't know. Guys, what you can do is not enough. All Jesus is wanting us to know is what you do have is not enough without Jesus. And what we do have is enough for Jesus. He was trying to teach them. Jesus says, just bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. How many times did I not bring him what I have? I wonder how many times that I lost out on a blessing because I said, I'm not good enough. I can't. Why me? Instead of saying, all I have, Lord, is here. I'm bringing it to you. You do what you want and multiply it. Do you know that you and I have a purpose in life? And that purpose is to bring Him the five loaves and the two fish, whatever we have. 
just bring it to Him and expect Him to multiply it. We can't multiply it in our strength. Amen? Hence, chairs and carpet story. If you can hug somebody, you can be a greeter. Amen? Bring him what you have. May I present something to you? It might be new for some of you. It's called Next Steps. We teach it every Sunday, not today, but starting next month. If you have never gone through Next Steps, in there you will discover your divine design and how God wired you. If you don't, you are missing out of something supernatural and powerful in your life. I challenge you. Say, Rob, I took that in the old days. I challenge you to go do it again. To find out what your purpose is and what God has called you to do and wants you to do. Just show up in the next steps class with your loaves and your fish. We continue in Matthew 14. It says this, All we have are five loaves of bread and two fish, they said. Jesus said, bring them here. Then He had the people sit on the grass. He took the five loaves and two fish, lifted His face to heaven in prayer, blessed, broke, and gave the bread to the disciples. The disciples then gave the food to the congregation. They all ate their fill. They gathered 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 people were fed. That's the power of this miracle. I'm about to give you a statement that you may want to write down because it is very powerful. Not enough in my hand, more than enough in His. Not enough in my hand, more than enough in His. As long as I hold on to the fish and the loaves, I will stay in a zone of independence and say, I don't need anybody. I'm fine. Just leave me alone. Good. Life is good. I'll go to church and that's about the extent of... No, no, no. I just encourage you to bring Him your loaves and fish. And then finally, I think one of the most powerful things that a lot of people miss in this story. We know about the 5,000, right? It's in Laurel, Mississippi. It's a food truck. No, I'm just kidding. We know about the 5,000. We know about the little boy. We know about what he came. We see the, the progression of the disciples' independence. And we see the miracle there. But I want to show you what I believe is probably the most powerful thing of this story. Immediately. And number four, don't overlook the power of prayer. Immediately upon feeding this crowd, I want you to see what Jesus did and how he did it. In Matthew chapter 14 and verses 22 and 23, he says, As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could go be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Do you think Jesus, after feeding the 5,000, said, look what I did? Do you think he did that? 
No. It says once they dismissed the crowd, he left and went and prayed. Who did he pray to? His father. Jesus prayed? Yes, he did. Even Jesus displayed a spirit of dependence. You want to know what the fruit of that prayer is? In verse 24, Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up and against them, and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Don't neglect the power of prayer. It's when the supernatural takes place, and we see it right here. Once he did the miracle, he went immediately into an attitude of prayer. It was a spirit of dependence, and then he walks on water. You know, it's easy to depend on God when things are going well, isn't it? <clears throat> but when things start hitting you one after another after another, next thing you know, things shift to an independent spirit. I believe if we want to honor God, we have to learn how to be dependent upon Him. By the way, partial dependence is still independence. And what better way to honor the Lord coming up than our annual 21 days of prayer and fasting? It's going to start Monday, January 8th. We will have prayer meetings at night at 6.30, Monday through Saturday for three weeks. Wednesday is a little different. We're going to do a noon prayer and a 6.30. So basically it's 6.30 every night, Monday through Saturday. You say, well, Rob, why prayer and fasting? A great definition is letting go of the seen to experience the unseen. Letting go of the food or letting go of social media. Letting go of, of whatever is infiltrating your life to experience the power of His Word and the power of hearing His voice and the power of even coming together. Why would you want to miss it is my question for us. Make time. Get prepared. As the video announcement said, we have uh, resources on our website. We have, um, we have at, at, in the um, foyer, we have a prayer guide. Uh, we have a couple books. Uh, one of them is Fasting by Jensen Franklin. It's in our bookstore. We have another one called It's Time to Pray by Miss Linda who wrote this. These are resources that you need to get your hands on. Amen? It will show you, give you insights of, of even uh, the types of fast, okay? Um, because you, you want to be careful. If you're on medications or, you, you know what I'm saying, maybe diabetic, you want to be careful in, in your food intake. But the types of fast are... There's probably four or five different ways you can fast, but I encourage you to begin now talking about it. Amen? You don't want to wait until next Sunday. I wonder what... No, you got to go to the store. Right, ladies? You want to get the bags of lettuce before everybody else gets to the store. 
I'm just trying to help you out because my name's Rob and I'm your friend. Start preparing now. Again, you can, you can read the books, go on the website, you can see the types of fast and, and, and why it's so important. Even start making a list of maybe things you want to pray for or people that you want to pray for, or maybe something in your own personal life, maybe this message of being more dependent upon God. Amen? Fasting is mentioned 75 times in the Bible. wonder why. I think because Jesus wants us to take part in it. I have some questions for you when it comes to 2023 and 2024. Are you in need of a healing or a miracle? Let me see your hands. A lot of you. Are you, uh, do, do you desire the touch of God on your life? Let me see your hands. Is there a dream inside of you that only He can make possible? Wow, look at the hands. Are you in need of a fresh encounter with God? Do you need to break away from some sin that may be holding you hostage? Do you desire God's will for your life? That's a big one. A lot of people. Then let me just give you the short of the long. You have to let go of independence and receive the miracle of dependence. How? Don't overlook the need for Jesus to teach you. Don't overlook the needs of others. Don't overlook what you have. And don't overlook the power of prayer. When you transition from independence to dependence, I want to share with you a few things that will happen in your life. You will trust tithing. I got three amens right there. You will embrace the baptism of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues. Strength will melt your fear of another miscarriage. Freedom from an addiction will no longer be a foreign language. Selfishness will give way to selflessness. Forgiveness will smother bitterness. Reading His Word will become an obsession. Speaking about the Lord to a friend will become a passion in your heart. A dream of yours will meet reality. You will learn what your purpose is and how it's not defined by your limitations. Doug, if you could put up these two columns. So, is Mary on the left or the right? Is Martha on the left or the right? You tell me. Martha is indeed on the left. Independent spirit. Oh, I just got to make lunch for Jesus. I wonder what kind of salad dressing he wants. Unfaithful, unbelieving, unfruitful, uninspired, unattached. Then you look at the side for Mary. She becomes faithful, she becomes believing, fruitful, inspired, and attached. When I say attached, it means you want to be around people and you want to connect with people and you want to fellowship with people and just, just like we said, we be here today. 
let me let me just add, leave that up, Doug. Um, which one do you want to be? I want to be on Mary's side. How about you? But but I have some things to to let go of on the independent side. Amen. I can't overlook what Jesus wants to teach me in 2024. I can't overlook the needs of people. I can't overlook what what I have thinking, well, this is all I've got. What's God going to do with it? I have to overlook that what I have is enough for Jesus to work with. And I can't overlook the power of prayer. Amen. Now, for some of you that are maybe new to the church, Maybe you need to begin with a relationship with Christ. And that's how a lot of people start. So I ask that you just bow your head right now. You say, Rob, man, I, I really want to be dependent, but I, I really don't have a relationship with Christ. I've never accepted him in my heart. I don't know what salvation is. I've been taught some things that I'm not really sure about been taught some things that I don't agree with. Can I just break down the gospel for you if that's you? It's just simply a relationship with Him. And today shall be your day of salvation. You say, Rob, I would like to start that relationship today. Let me see if that is you. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. To depend upon God, we have to really trust and depend upon His salvation. As the song says, we sought, He heard, and He answered. Today, He's answering prayers. And so let's all pray together as a sign of community, as a sign of being attached. And just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, today is my day of salvation. I trust in You. I believe in you and know that you've forgiven me. And today, I transition from independence to dependence. Lord Jesus, I accept you into my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you, amen, yes. If you said that, Prayed that for the very first time. Listen, in your pew. Oh, we don't have pews anymore. I'm sorry. We have chairs. In front of you in your chair is a little thing to fill out. Just fill it out uh, and, and check off you got saved and bring it to our resource center and we have something to give you. How many of you are ready to be challenged for 2024? Not just for prayer and fasting, but to be challenged to trust in God and to believe in Him and transition from independence to dependence. Amen? If you would, please stand. Let me just pray a, a, a prayer of blessing over you and, and just a prayer of challenge over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you with thanksgiving in our heart. 
I pray, Lord, that this message does not just land on the ground or the floor. I pray that it lands in our heart, Lord. Thank you for speaking to my heart. I pray that you bless the people. I pray that you bless every home, every family, every child, every adult. I pray for the just the fellowship of God, the, the sovereign hand of God to be on us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to overlook all that we just saw in feeding the 5,000. May this story resonate in our hearts. Lord, we know that the disciples, they had the transition from independence to dependence. But Lord, they saw the power of your just faithfulness in your prayer to your heavenly father by the walking on the water lord i pray that you just instill in us you help us give us lord just a compassion to help others give us a desire lord to look at this time of prayer and fasting lord as a time of seeing the supernatural breakthroughs in our lives for it's on your precious and holy name that we pray and everybody said amen and amen well thank y'all for coming happy new year